Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. All I can say to you is get ready, get ready, get ready. When T.D. When T. Jakes came and spoke at our church in Oklahoma City, his, his line was, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he was sweating like crazy. And he'd be taking off a suit coat. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And I'm just like being T.D. Jakes. I'm not maybe African American, but I'm a white African American and telling you to get ready, get ready, get ready. Because uh, God has great things in store for this church. And this church is not a building. This church is not a building. This church is you. And I just, from the bottom of my heart, if you're a visitor here today, I hope you hear my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Phil, thank you. I mean that. And I love you. I praise God for you. But I want to get into this message. And so I have to, before I start this message, I have to uh, repent. <laughs> I did a wedding yesterday in Andover yesterday. Pastor Andrew went with me. And I was telling this to Pastor Andrew. In all my times of writing sermons, I don't think I've ever had this experience that I had Thursday night at my table at the parsonage. I had a message that I was already written out, and I have to tell you, that message was all about the track record or a track in which we're going to run for our church. The plans, the building build-outs, the purchasings, all these things that we're going to do. And I had the compass or the map laid out. And the Lord convicted me. And he said, CJ, I don't want you to speak on that. He said, CJ, before you can do all these things that we're going to do, and believe me, I have a bucket list of things we're going to do. But God spoke to my heart, and I had to repent. And the Lord said to me, he said, CJ, this 2021 is a new year for the church in spiritual alignment. That before we can do anything and continue to progress and to go forward and do whatever, we have to be in spiritual alignment with him like never before. So, in saying that, some of you may think that do 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 when I say this. Uh, I was so convicted that I was telling this to Pastor Andrew, and I was starting to cry in the cab of my truck. I have never, in 39 years of writing sermons, encountered what I did Thursday night. The Holy Spirit, I can imagine what the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and Paul, or Saul, when he inspired by God to write the Word. The Bible says that the Word of God is inspired by God, and man obviously was used to inscript it. But never in my days of 39 years have I ever had the Holy Spirit Take my hand and literally direct it in writing like it did Thursday night. It was the most incredible thing I have had. I felt like I was a puppet to the Spirit. And God began to write 
these things that I'm going to begin to talk about. And I want you to know that this pastor wants more of him and less of me. I want to decrease, like John the Baptist says, that, God, you may increase. It's all about you and not me. It's all about him and not us. And when we get that spiritual alignment in place, look out, Siren. Look out, Webster. Look out, Danbury. Look out, Fallen, Grantsburg, Pine City. Lewis, Frederick, Luck, St. Croix, oh, Turtle Hurdle, the Spooner, man, Rice Lake, look out, because Jesus says, Jesus says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto thee. And that's what this church is all about, lifting up the name of Jesus, and that the name of Jesus, every knee, every ant, every fly, every bee shall bow at the name of Jesus, because no one can resist or withstand the name of Jesus, because God can do all things, and God is getting ready to do great things within our communities. Why? Because Jesus is going to be lifted up here into the earth. Can you bring me a couple of those Kleenex to somebody? Can you do that? Amen. I'm sorry. I'm just a big ball baby. But I just want to reminisce real quick. Thank you so much. Thank you, my youth pastor. Amen. Youth pastors wear many hats. Amen. And so praise the Lord. Even bringing Kleenexes to a, to a crybaby pastor, right? <laughs> I want to just kind of recap real quick. I know that, uh, that 2020 was a tough season. COVID hit us, man, and one of the things I, I want to say was, man, our board, our staff had foresight to see that we were already doing live stream before COVID hit, so we never got behind the eight ball, and I want to say thank you to Tori. Where's Tori? I know she's running one of the cameras. Uh, she's our tech person. She does all our, our live stream and our, our videos up here that you see, and she was prepared. Pastor Andrew was prepared and got everything ready, and I want to say thank you to Katie and all the rest of them. We were prepared. We were ready, and we were positioned because even far before COVID came, we were ready, and we never missed a beat, and that was exciting to see that even though COVID was a tough time. But during COVID, it was a tough time because people were isolated, people were separated. If you know anything about a pastor, one of the roles as a pastor is to counsel with people. And I don't think my phone has ever blown up as much as it did during especially four months, a period of the isolation time where people faced discouragement, depression, and defeat. I faced people who were ready to commit suicide and ready to take their lives. And man, I faced every kind of issue you can think of in a four-month span of during this COVID. But you know what? Some of those people in which I faced and talked to on the phone are here today, and they made it through. Come on, give God the glory. Amen. Isn't that awesome? God is so good. God is so good. And I just want to say, yeah, it was tough. But here, even though we had a tough year, I just want to reminisce a little bit before we get into this word. Reminisce about 2020. Number one, even though the COVID hit and we had a tough time, God's church kept moving forward. We kept moving forward. Isn't that exciting? We kept moving forward. God, God got involved. People really got involved.
involved in our online church. You know, at one point we had 3,500 people watching on our online services. Is that amazing what God has done? 3,500 people. And what you don't understand is, listen, guys, we were because of people watching online. And, yes, we were in a COVID and we were in a situation where there was a financial situation, highs and lows. Do you know that we had people giving from Arizona, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, I mean, all over the globe that people were giving and sending into helping us get by during this COVID time, those people that were listening online, and for those that are listening online, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your help and what you kept us through. We were able to pull through. You listen to this. Last year in 2020, we had our first annual Valentine's banquet. We had 240 people, which is 120 couples that we had here in this room this coming year. We're going to have it even bigger than we had it last year. We got something great planned for our Valentine's banquet. We're going to have our d'oeuvres out there, but we were able to still go forward and do some great things. Another thing we did, we were able to have our first VBS kids camp. Pastor Katie and all her workers, we did it out at Sconewood, and we had over 60-some kids at our VBS Sconewood camp camp that we had out there. It was amazing. Even in the midst of COVID, we still were able to do it. Amen. Come on. It was awesome. You should have seen those little kids giving their hearts to the Lord. I was telling the Duggars today, man, their kids are amazing. I love their kids. Man, they were so excited. You should have seen when those little kids were worshiping God. Also, last year, if you remember, we moved into the high school last year. We moved into the high school and last year, and our highest attendance was 621 people. You remember that? Man, when God moved in the service we packed it out and God moved in there and that was just before COVID and God blessed it and yet we were still going forward another one was this people were baptized we had people baptized even though COVID time we even had people baptized over here how many were here at that service when we baptized people wasn't that exciting we're still moving forward what the enemy intended for bad for 2020 let me tell you something we still had great things happen here in Siren Wisconsin somebody say amen I'm going to Siren. What's that? Oh, Siren. You never heard of it? No, neither have I. Hey, right? But guess who's heard of it? God. God has heard of Siren, Wisconsin. And he's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. I love this one. We even had men's retreat and women's retreat last year. Even in the midst of COVID, we had men's retreat and women's retreat last year. The church grew. Believe it or not, our church grew during COVID season. It was, can you imagine that? We grew during COVID season. Another thing that we did, we were able to purchase this new building right here during COVID time. Come on. Give God the glory. I mean, I'm telling you, give God the glory. When do you purchase a building in the midst of a, a, a pandemic? that God did some great things. It's because God's got his favor on the church. And favor means unmerited blessings. And unmerited blessings, guess what God does? Whenever people follow Jesus, why do you think the crowd follow the Lord? Because when they follow the Lord, guess what? The miracles weren't just reserved for a few or a handful. The miracles were reserved for the masses. And every person that came to see Jesus and experienced Jesus, guess what? He transformed them, changed them, and rearranged their life. And most of all, he did a miracle in them. And guess what? He's done a miracle right here. I'm looking for the miracle. Hallelujah. I pray the impossible. You don't know that either, right? But <laughs> this is the miracle. Right here, you are the miracle. 
And God is using you to be a part of something great here in the communities around us. And I say this every day. I was with some people at the other at Adventure Church, Adventure Restaurant the other day. I was with these two couples, uh, two men at Adventures, and I told them, I said, we are walking in the modern-day book of Acts. I even told them, read the book of Acts. Maybe we don't wear robes and turbans on our heads like they did in the modern-day book of Acts, but we, man, today are experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Siren, Wisconsin like never before. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. But I want to say this. So you can see God still is on the throne even during this tough season of our lives. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you got to get this in your heart. God is not dictated by circumstances or situations and struggles in which we face in our lives. God is not controlled by that. God controls the situations, struggles, and circumstances in your life. If he can come in the twinkling of an eye, and if he can say to the storms enough and be still, guess what he can do? He can jump into your situation and say to that struggle that you're going through, enough is enough. But sometimes God doesn't jump into your boat right away because he wants to see the depth of your faith. He wants to see if you're going to continue to trust him in the midst of your storm. If every time God was mighty mouse and jumped into your situation and rescued you whenever you faced or scubbed your knee, guess what? Where would our faith be? If we never had a struggle in our life, why would we need a God? If we never had a struggle in our life, why would I have to have faith in God? Sometimes struggles in our lives are to make us better and not bitter. And I hope that 2021 is going to make us better for the kingdom of God. That we won. That we made it through. To God be the glory. I love this. It's on your notes. God's church. That's us. God's vision. God's people. Working together for his glory. And that happens. Molly, then guess what? There's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. Man, we can accomplish great things. God's vision. God's calling. And God's people Man, there's no limit to what he can do. I always say, if it's God's will, if it's God's will, always remember this, and put this into your own personal life, not just for the church, in your own personal life. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. God will take care of, he will provide, he will guide, he will direct, and he will protect. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. He'll take care of things, and God is doing great things. In Proverbs, Solomon is speaking some great words, and he's speaking to the church, and he says these words. He said, where there is no revelation or vision, nor vision, he said, people will cast a strain. In other words, they'll be like dogs chasing their tail. They have no direction. And you know the fastest way to get from point A to point B is a straight line. And what happens with a lot of people is they're always doing this. And they're like on a merry-go-round, and because they're on a merry-go-round, they're becoming dizzy, confused, upset, and bothered. And God is not an author of confusion. God is a God that said, hey, I'm going to lead you down the path of righteousness for my name's sake. I'm going to lead you from point A to point B. I'm not going to take you around circles, but I'm going to lead you down the straight line. And so he says, the people will be cast astray. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom and instructions. What do you mean wisdom? 
Wisdom. God says, if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives graciously without finding fault. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is instruction. Wisdom maybe is guidance. Wisdom maybe is leaders leading you, maybe obedience, that, God, I'm going to submit myself to you, and I'm going to follow in your footsteps. So he says these words, that we as a church need to have a revelation or a vision. And Jeremiah, he's speaking to an individual. And the reason why I picked out an individual about vision, because God speaks to individuals. He speaks to every one of you. Well, I'm going to encourage you. This vision I speak about today, where God gave me the realignment, let me tell you something. You need to have a vision in your own life. Where are you going? My wife and I, everything I do is three, five, ten years. What am I doing? Three, five, ten. 10 years. I've always planned my life. I always do that. I know where I'm going. I have an atlas. I have a direction. I have a plan of attack. I know where I'm going. The problem with households today, they become mundane and upset and bothered and drab is because they don't know where they're going. And so I want to encourage you as a church, as individuals, dream big dreams. Accomplish great things. Hey, shoot for the stars. And maybe you're landing, shoot for the moon, and maybe you're landing the stars. That's a great place to start. Man, I'm going to shoot big. I'm going to aim big. I'm going to have, man, have this great dream in my life. But a lot of times what happens with people, that your dream maybe don't happen as fast as you want it to happen. So you give up and quit. But Jesus says, do not become weary in well-doing. In other words, continuing putting one foot in front of the other. For at a proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not quit. So watch this. In Jeremiah, God picks out an individual. This is you. The word of the Lord came to me. And he said, what do you see? Look what he said. He said, Jeremiah. He distinctly said, Jeremiah. You know what God is saying, Greg, right now? He's saying, Greg, what do you see? You see, listen. A vision is not taught. It's caught. You got to catch it. You got to see it. You got to have it in your spirit. You got to know down in your knower that I know that I know that I know where I'm going. And that's why he said to Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, it's not caught. It's taught. It's not taught. It's caught. You have to catch the vision. And when you catch the vision, you see it. And when you see it, you start walking it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. You start walking it out. And that's why he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And then watch this. He said, I see an alm tree. He replied, an alm tree. Why that? Because life, fruit, prosperity. He saw that. But look at what the Lord said. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. Sometimes in your life, you may not understand the dream, the call, the vision that God put in your life, but that's not up to you because God's thoughts are not your thoughts. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Your way is our be- His ways are better than your ways. Our will is right now that, God, I surrender my will to take up your will. The Bible says it's better to obey than to a sacrifice. God sometimes puts things in your life that God wants to just see if you're going to willing to obey. Are you going to obey what I call you to do? But then he says this. You've seen correctly, for I'm watching to see that the word is fulfilled. So i got to move quickly. Notice what Solomon is saying. Vision gives you direction, purpose, 
and meaning. Now watch this. A church must have a direction so people can follow. How can people follow if we don't know where you're going? How can your kids follow if they don't know where you're going? You have to have direction. I know where I'm going. In other words, this. A church must have a purpose of why they exist. You ever notice why we exist? It's not just to meet on Sundays and gather on Wednesdays and Tuesdays and you know, Thursdays for the men and all the other things that we do throughout the week. That's not why we exist. We exist, first and foremost, to lift up the name of Jesus. And then the next thing is to introduce other people to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If we ever lose that, we would lose that opportunity to become fishers of men. That's why we exist to lift up the name of Jesus, to set the captive free, and to introduce them to Christ. Right? Another one is this. A church must have a meaning of what they are doing. So everything that you see happen here in our church, you visitors, everything that we have, you see happen in our church, it always has a pointed meaning of why we do things. Why do we do Celebrate Recovery? Because why we do Celebrate Recovery is because if you look at our society or our communities, I should say here, it's one of the most, what, crack-infected places around that we need help in our community. So why are we doing that kind of a ministry? It's because there's need for help. You find the need, you fill it. And that's the whole purpose of why we do some of the things that we do here. Why do we do men's group? Because you know why? Men struggle just as much as women struggle. Why do we do women's ministry? Because women struggle too. So we do these things to help you get through the storms of the struggles of life, all in the name of Jesus, pointing you to the cross, because it's the cross that sets the captives free. It's it's the cross that brings healing. It's the cross that brings comfort. And it's the name of Jesus that brings deliverance. Right? So look at this. So vision, now you got to get this. Vision helps us as a church not to get sidetracked from our mission. We have to stay on course. It helps us to stay on course. It gives us an atlas. It gives us a plan. It gives us a direction. It keeps us from going to the right or to the left. A church vision is not a singular. Now you get this. A church vision. Now you got to get that. A church vision is not singular. In other words, that means it's just me, myself, and I. That's what a singular means. But here's the difference. A church vision, but it's a corporate, corporate with everyone working together and on the same page. You notice that? That we all are on the same page, corporately working together. Many hands make light work. Ten against one is an unfair fight. When we all rally together and we corporately work to accomplish the things that God has placed before us, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. In your businesses, when you have, man, people, employees, when you are all on the same play page, guess what happens? You function better. Your business goes better. It goes smoother. Prosperity comes. Increase comes. Why? Because why? Everybody's doing the work together and not working against each other. When I was a youth pastor, and I, I think I may have shared this story several years ago, but when I was a youth pastor, I took my kids on a hayride uh, with Ray Hendricks in South Dakota. And Ray took us on this hayride. He had two big workhorses. And I mean to tell you, they were pulling the wagon. The kids, man, were stuffing me with hay. And so finally, I jumped to the front of the wagon to sit by uh, Ray. And I noticed, I said, Ray, why is that horse on my right sweating so hard? I mean, it's just sweating. Man, just sweating like crazy. And the horse on the left wasn't sweating at all. 
He said, because the horse on the right's doing all the work. I said, what do you mean? He said, watch this. He took his rein and he snapped that horse on the left. And lo and behold, all of a sudden that horse who was sloughing started poof. And he caught up to the horse on the right. And the wagon shook, man. And the kids went, ah! They thought they were going to fall off the wagon. But what was happening is that horse on the left knew if he just slowed down a little bit, he could loosen the yoke upon his neck and make the other one do all the work. And the one on the right was doing all the work. But as soon as he joined forces with the one on the right, that horse on the left, then they joined forces. Man, that wagon took off. And, man, you could see that left that horse on the left began to sweat. Man, it began to huff and puff because now he was doing his part. And guess what? That wagon went forward with more speed, more strength, and more power. When the church works together corporately, not singular, not my way or the highway, not his way or that way, but when we all work together to accomplish the plan of God, there's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. Come on. Somebody say amen. Right? Come on. Isn't that right? So I wanted to say this to you. Uh, When a church works together corporately, there's nothing we as a church can't do for God. Just look at what we did. In five weeks' time, for those who are here, in five weeks' time, what did we do? We raised over a hundred and some thousand dollars. I think it was a hundred and close to hundred and ninety thousand dollars in five weeks' time. That's how we were able to purchase this building. It was all because of you. You guys worked together and we did it for the glory of God. I'll never forget that Sunday. Man, somebody stood up, I'll give a thousand, I'll give this, I'll give that. And we man accomplished the dream. You see what can happen? But look at and you write this down, this is on your notes. And I want to give this to you. This is what the Lord put in my spirit. You got to get this because a dream or a vision consists of three things. It consists of three things. A vision, there are three parts. Number one, you got to define the problem. Whenever you have a vision, you got to ask yourself in your business, in your personal life, whatever, what is the vision and what is the problem and how you're going to accomplish it. Number two, you got to determine the solution. How are we going to get from point A to point B? You got to determine the solution. Number three, why now is the time to, to, to move out in this vision? So those are three things. Whenever you're planning a vision, you got to ask yourself those three questions. So I want to say this to you. This is where God really convicted me. I had written out, I kid you not, I had written out all the goals, what we're going, what we're going to do in February, what we're going to do in March, April, where we're going to do all these things, how we're going to go to camp, and all these things that I had planned out. To, and all of a sudden the Lord said, no. He said, listen, when your car is out of alignment, it's either going to pull to the right or to the left. And what God spoke to me about, and I began to cry, and he began to write my, take my hand and write. He said, you got to line up the church first and foremost spiritually. And once you line up the church first and foremost, spiritually seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things, the men's retreat, the women's retreat, the kids' camps, all the things that we do in the summers will be added unto thee. But it has to line up with God. So he goes on this. Listen, define the problem. Number one, here's the problem for our vision. Number one, our world is in need of a Savior. Man, we need a Savior like never before in our world. Number two, the truth needs to be made known. It's the truth that will set the church and the people free. The truth needs to be made 
known. Number three, and that define the problem. The harvest fields are ripe. Man, the harvest is ripe on the harvest, but where are the workers? He said, I looked for a man among them to stand in the gap to build up a wall, but I found none. Ezekiel 20, verse 22. I looked for a man and woman to build up a wall, but I found none. We need to get to the harvest because it's ripe. The devil, number four, the devil needs to be exposed. His lies, attacks, and his weapons. You know what that does? When we expose the enemy, it defangs the enemy. And it's about time that we start rising up and exposing the attacks of the enemy and letting the truth be known. And the church needs to rise up and be the church of Jesus Christ and not this timid, pansy, whamsy, weak church, but a church that rises up and says, listen, I am not ashamed of who I am. I will speak the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth truth so help me God somebody say amen amen, amen? that's what we got to do and look at this the church needs to wake up stop sleeping and not and pleasing we need to stop sleeping and pleasing we need to get out there the violent take it back by force the Bible said it's about time the church of Jesus Christ rises up and lets their voice be heard somebody say amen right listen to this I love this we're gonna we're gonna get back to miracle Sundays we're going to start Miracle Sundays back in February, so I'm going to let you guys know that was on my other vision list. But we need to get an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. It's what That's what changes hearts. How many want more of him? Man, I'm telling you, I wish, I wish that, man, I tell this to my staff, I wish that someday you could be alongside me. It's, it, there's nothing like being in the presence of God, Renee. When the Holy Spirit came on me on Thursday, I wish that you could be there. Man, in the presence, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Oh, even this morning in my prayer time. Man, there's nothing like it. God. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, Matthew 5, verse 6 says, they shall be full. We need more of the Holy Spirit. God, send your Holy Spirit. We need revival in our church and in our hearts. Let me tell you one of the things. I do have to pop this in. Man, I know of a big circus tent, and I'm going to go pick up that circus tent, and that circus tent is going right there on that corner, and we're going to do an all-out full revival right here on our parking lot here in Siren. Can you imagine? They're going to come thinking they're going to see an elephant, but they're going to get introduced to Jesus. Amen? I'm telling you, I'm going to go pick it up. When I used to travel in Oklahoma City, traveled all over the place, we brought a tent at Discover in our last church in Burnsville. I'm going to go pick that bad boy up, and it's going right there, and the world is going to see that we are a church that's on fire with the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. Revival. There's going to be a revival. Revival means a refreshing, an awakening. We need more of God and less of ourselves and things. Amen. 
God, you're first and foremost. Now, determine the solution. I'm going to blow through these. Determine the solution. How are we going to do these things, number one? We need people praying like never before. Wednesday nights, we need to come out and pray. Come and join with us. Man, come and two or three agree, it shall be done. We need people to pray. We need people to see the harvest field and not themselves. Man, we need to walk around with 3D glasses to see people, man, that they're in need of a Savior. See, so listen, it's better to give than it is to receive. You know what that giving is? It's not maybe material things. It's giving the message of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Daniel that those that win souls will shine like the stars forevermore. And I want to encourage you. Invite someone to Jesus. Get them involved. Man, invite someone to church. Invite them to come. Man, when is the last time that you told somebody about Jesus? When is the last time you invited somebody to come to church? And my question is, if you have not, why not? Why have you not invited them? Are you ashamed? Are you afraid? Are you embarrassed? Maybe you're not living up to what God wants you to be. Listen, your fire gets ignited when you start seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, they were added to 3,000, 5,000. Why? Because people were ashamed. They were letting the word out that Jesus is the real thing and not Coca-Cola, that he's the real thing. Amen? Wow. Man, I can get excited about that. We need to make room for the Holy Spirit to move. Man, I told my staff already that we're going to have altar calls, man, on Sundays. We need to teach new believers. And this is where Dave Clark's going to come in with Alpha. We need to teach new uh, believers how to grow in Christ. We need to train uh, the truth of God's word. We need that guy. We're going to start getting back to Wednesday nights. We're going to meet here on Wednesday nights, and you're going to be seeing that coming up. We need to let our light shine in the darkest places. Listen, Jesus said it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. And where do you find the sick? You don't find the sick in the light. You find the sick in the dark. And you got to go to the darkest places. You see, listen, he said, I'll lift them up out of the muck and mire, and I'm giving them a firm foundation to stand. we got to go to the highways and byways and tell them about Jesus. Get into the darkest places where people need to know Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Um, whew, I'm telling you, I'm getting excited. But we need people to become hungry again for the things of God. We become complacent. And what happened now in this COVID thing is, man, I'm, I'm experiencing, like I said, I get phone calls all the time. A lot of people are becoming dry. And they're saying, Pastor, I feel empty like never before. We got to get a hunger back for the things of God. We can't settle for mundane. We can't settle for toast. We can't settle for yesterday's manna. We got to get a hunger for the things of God like never before. That, God, I need you. I want more of you. Give me the hunger as a deer pants for the water so my soul pants after thee. God, give me that hunger back again. We need to be the church who doesn't say we care but we show we care. Action speaks louder than words, that we show we care. Michael Swanson is listening today. Michael, you are my friend. I love you with all my heart. I pray for him every day, every day. I'm praying for Michael Swanson. I'm praying for Colleen, Devin, Steve Christian's uh, sister. I pray for every day that those bones will weld together, that her legs and that rod that's been put in her, that God, that you will just heal her. I pray for Jeff Jorgensen every day. I pray for them every day. Why? Because I want to see the miraculous miracles God wants to do. And listen to this. We need revival. How many want revival? Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Ain't that right? Man, we need revival. I was talking to Greg on the phone. Remember, Greg? We were talking on the phone about a couple weeks back, and he said, Pastor, he said, I've come to a place that all I want is Jesus. And, man, that just tickled my heart, man, because all he wants is him. 
There is no greater thing. Please hear me. If you're on the fence with God and you want to launch into a new year, get right with God. There's an old saying, get right or get left. Don't get left behind. Get on board because God has great and awesome things in store for you. But why is the time now? Why as a church do we need to do it now? Why now? Because Jesus is coming soon. And he wants no one to perish. If you can't see that God is coming soon, you haven't read your word. All the signs are pointing that he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. How many ever anticipated your kids coming? My grandkids came to my house the other day, and I couldn't wait to see them pull up into the driveway. Once they did, guess what Cheryl and I did? We ran out onto the porch. Man, Jesus is driving his horse. He's coming on a great stallion. And that's not the Broncos from Denver. He's riding his own Bronco. You see, why now? Our world is lost, and it can only be found through Jesus in you. We have a lost world. You know I don't have to go, and I'm not one of those people that talks political because I, I respect. But if you can't see the news and the lies and the falsehood that's going on right now, all the confusion, all the upheaval that's going on right now, we have a lost and dying world. We have a lost and dying world, and it's about time we stop not sitting back on our blessed assurance that Jesus is all mine, but we start getting out and doing something for God. We make our voice be known. Why now? Because the devil is lying, and the truth needs to be made known. The devil is lying. Why now? Because our time is running out sooner than we think. Every time you, we talk and every time we say tick, 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 you can never replace time. You can't go backwards, but you can only go forward. And every time we go forward, this time is really getting closer to his appearing. Why now? Because the church needs to wake up and lead by example and truth. When we do that, I'm telling you guys, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. McKenna, you have an incredible husband. I love your husband's heart. Brandon, man, you are a man of God. I'll tell you, I had an opportunity to sit with that man. What a heart of God. You got a gold mine there, McKenna. Man, just a, I, that young man, how old are you anyways? About 30? Not even that. How old? How much? 26. Look at that. He's just a baby, still got milk behind his ears. And he just, man, you should have seen him. He was so hungry for God. I mean, it was so cool to sit in that booth and talk to him. You got to have it. You got to have it. You see, why now? Because the church needs to wake up and lead by example. Why now? Because God is calling his church to take a stand for him in our country. It's time. It's time. I look for a man. I look for a woman. I look for, <laughs> Rod, a man and a woman to stand in the gap. But I found none. Let them find us. Let them find us. Let our communities be known that we stand for the things of God. I don't want to be like Paul and Paul said in Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God. Why now? Because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And that's what God wants us to do. So this morning, I want to be that church. I truly do. I want to be that church that says, hey, I, I want to lead by example. And my challenge for you this 2021 season, if you're on the sidelines, you're never going to be in part of the game. You're never going to have a part of the victory or the win.
because you're always on the sideline. And there's an old saying, I don't want to be left behind. The train's going through, as Michael Texala always would say, the train is coming and it's passing through. You got to get on board. My challenge, my challenge to you, always want to challenge you, encourage you, inspire you. My challenge today is that you get on board and let's do our part and let's win one for Christ. That's going to be a campaign that we're going to be doing. Win one for Christ. We'll get these buttons and then we're going to say, I won one. And people are going to say, what do you mean you won one? Oh, let me tell you, I won one for Jesus. You're one of those Jesus freaks. Yeah, I'm freaking out for Jesus. I'm on the high of the most high God. Yeah, yeah. Right? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Will you stand with me this morning? I know I went a little longer for you visitors. I'm a little longer today. New year. Here's my challenge. My challenge is, are you willing to take the torch and say, God, I'm going to run my leg. I'm going to run my leg for the Lord. I'm in the Olympics, and you got the torch. You got the torch. And when you got the torch, what do people do when you're running the legs in the Olympics? People are cheering. They're clapping. They're, man, making all kinds of noise. Why? Because it's a form of celebration. When you carry your torch, guess what the world's going to do? They're going to cheer. They're going to clap. They're going to, man, root you on. Why? Because you're making the world bright again. And that's what we need to do as a church. How many believe that? Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Give the Lord praise. Come on. Now I close. How many of you like going to your bank? How many of you like going to your bank and doing deposits and not withdrawals? Come on. Right? What I want to do today, I want to put a deposit in you, Daniel. I want to put a deposit in you. And here's the deposit, that you walk in the power and the authority of Jesus. That you walk in victory that you are more than a conqueror, that you're not some pansy whamsy or some wimp. You are a champion. You are a royal priesthood, and you are a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And I want to deposit that in your spirit today, that when you walk out of this church today, this new year, this first Sunday, that you walk out of here with your shoulders high, your head held up, knowing that I am a king's kid, and I serve a God who's not lacking in any way, shape, or form, that he guides me, provides for me, and protects me along life's narrow way. And I got this through him. Let me deposit in you. Father, this morning, I speak into the lives of every individual here today that greater is he that's in them than he that's in the world. I pray that today as we walk into this new year, we walk with confidence, assurance, and victory that you are with us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? I speak life and life more abundantly. I speak joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray peace that passes all understanding over every individual here today. I pray that you will fill their vats to full and running over, that you will supply all their needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus, that you will grant them throughout this new year the desires of their heart, not their wishes, but their desires of their heart, that, God, you will go before them as 
as you did at fire by night and the cloud by day, that you will go with this church in every way, shape, or form, that you will prosper them in their going in and their going out, that whatever they put their hands are doing, it will prosper, that God, they will, will be giant slayers, they will be devil slayers. Why? Because of the Spirit of God that lives and moves and dwells within them. Thank you for this wonderful church. Bless them. We look forward to 2021 with anticipation and excitement and expectancy, Lord, of great things to take place within every individual's heart and life and in this church. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And all God's people said, amen. Come on now as we're standing. Give God a standing ovation. Come on. Don't patty cake him. Come on. Praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.